In 2018, I noticed the, the League of Legends Championship had over 150 million unique viewers worldwide uh, with about 1.1 million concurrent viewers. And, and by 2020, it's expected uh, to be over 300 million. Uh, to put that into perspective, the Super Bowl had 100 million viewers in 2019. It's it's really no secret that esports is on the boom, and, and it's the awareness and, and audience is growing as well. Welcome to another episode of the Connection Tech Experience podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Meckis. Today, we're fortunate enough to, to gather a few uh, gamers in the Exxon office uh, with a, a variety of levels of gaming experience to chat about the booming esports industry. Hey, guys. Hey, what's hey. doing? What's up, Tyler? Thank you so much for uh, taking a little time to chat with us today. Uh, to start off, you guys just want to briefly introduce yourselves. Take it away, Steve. Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Steve Doherty. I'm an Apple business development specialist here at Connection. I'm Chris Hardy. I am an account manager here at Connection and Exxon. Brian Mitchell, also an account manager. And thank you so much. And you guys all I have like some varying level of gaming experience. Is that correct? I, I hear here going on in the office sometimes talking about chit-chatting. So I know you guys are all uh, at least varying degrees of, of gaming. Uh, so I just want to bring you guys all together today um, to talk about esports. Um, also known as electronic sports. It's in a billion-dollar industry. Um, it's continuing to skyrocket these days, and it's really no secret that eSports uh, is getting main, as more attention from the mainstream media. Um, so I had a couple couple stats that I thought were, uh, you know, pretty incredible to, to share off. Um, I wanted to just ask you guys as well, um, you know, as it's on the rise, um, these, these statistics were, were pretty eye-opening to me as well. Can you guys talk a little bit about what your current involvement is, uh, both from a streaming perspective and in, in playing? I'm going to start first because I'm probably the weakest here. Uh, I'm just a nerd, which is why they invited me. So uh, I dabble, um, you know, I game after the kiddos go to bed and... I just play my Zeldas and my RPGs and usually never competitive because I usually just lose and die immediately. So. Can you just explain what RPG is as well? A role-playing game. So it's uh, you are a character and you level up as you play the game and get experience and do all that. And just curious, what about that do you um, enjoy playing and, and why you don't maybe try to dabble into the online kind of playing like that as well uh, i'm a big story guy and rpgs are usually hours and hours and hours and hours of stories um and uh you can kind of just build them to your whim so you know you have a character you can literally make him any way you want to which is intriguing to me they're so immersive yeah i'm just a big big story guy Okay, cool. So do you kind of get lost in it as well when you're when you're playing? Yeah, I mean, just like any any of my movies or TV shows or anything I do, you know, it's just if it's a good, well-written story, it could, I don't care if it takes me 99 hours to beat, I'll happily do it. And, and then with those games as well, there's there's an overarching storyline as well, but it's not, you could kind of do and do whatever you want, right? Is it not you have to stick with one specific thing, or is there like different quests, or is that just dependent on what game you're playing? No, it's usually pretty pretty deep as far as that goes. I, I have a great answer to that. Go There's ahead. Uh, an RPG that I have spent oh, hundreds of hours playing, Sty mm. Styrum, uh -huh. right? Yes. Elder Scrolls, it's amazing. Classic. Uh, I spent an entire week collecting every single book in the entire game and just organizing them in my house. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So what and what what does the book do <laughs> in that as well? Is that just uh, is that like uh, can you explain what that is? Uh, a book contains knowledge, generally written, 
sometimes typed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I'm talking about the no, game, Steve. It's it's gen- genuinely just a, a book, and you find them all over the world, and you can pick them up, carry them in your inventory, and you just put them in your personal library, and it's just an example of anything you want to do, right. you can do. Yep. Cool. Chris, you want to you kind of chat about what, uh, what you like about gaming and your involvement in esports? Yeah, I mean, most of my life I played single-player console games, and over the years I had watched online gaming become a thing, and I was always one of those people that told myself, like, hey, I, I, I enjoy the games I, I play, not really into the whole online thing. I had friends introduce me to a few games, uh, RPGs. Um, one of them is, is Guild Wars. Is a, it's a popular title that my friend about six years ago got me into playing, and from there I transitioned completely into online gaming. Um, to Brian's point, being able to like customize and, and take your character a very specific and unique way is what was intriguing to me. You have your story, but you don't necessarily have to play along with the storyline part of the game. You can kind of just jump right in and find a group of people that have, you know, are looking for a certain aspect of the game. And that's what, that's why I gravitated towards that game was because you can kind of just jump in and do one of a hundred things. Sometimes I'll log on and I'm I'm indecisive about what I want to do. There's so much to do in that game. You're fishing. Um, that that was the biggest thing for me. But um, now I definitely play. Uh, and I've heard you comp- say say about Rocket League before. Is I that was, something you play? I was just going to touch on that. Yes. Give them a minute, Tyler. Rocket League is probably where I spend most of my time now. And uh, what is Rocket League? So Rocket League is was a, a Microsoft game where they were basically trying to replicate. I guess a ball in in an environment with actual physics and when force was, you know, acted upon on that ball, it would move and they were basically trying to replicate what a ball in a real room in real life would actually do. Somehow they incorporated cars into it and now it is a rocket powered car soccer game. There it is. It is amazing. Literally soccer with cars. Soccer with cars. TLDR. I know. Soccer with cars. It took us a while to get there, but it was a good payoff. Interesting, and, and it, it seems so simple in nature, but it is, what's so appealing about that game? Oh, it competing with random strangers. Being better than the other people. Being better than the other people. So I mean, you can, I mean, you can play one versus one, two versus two, three versus three. And you, you got cool events too, right? Yeah. change it up? There's events where, uh, for example, right now there's a Stranger Things event going on, so you can get different decals for your car and all sorts of add-ons that are Stranger Things themed, and they do all sorts of seasonal you know, seasonal passes, I guess, which is one of the trends in these games now is... Bid time. Yeah. Seasonal passes or... And what, um, and what does that mean exactly? Could you explain what a season pass is? Yeah, for a limited amount of time, a game will release a season pass and they'll tell you, hey, this starts from like November 1st until, you know, January 1st. And from this time, you'll receive X, Y, and Z for participating in... Usually in with a, a cost of entry. There is almost always a cost of entry. Yep. And... Um, at $10. You pay $10 and the event's 90 days long. And the more you play, the more you unlock. Okay. I've also, uh, I am friends with people who will wait till the day that these events start. And they will do everything in their power to unlock every last piece of that event before it's over. As where other players are more casual about it, they'll unlock what, what they want from it. Um, but I know that it's become a huge focal point of these games is buying the new season pass the day it comes out and trying to grind out every part of it. Okay. And then is there, is there initial cost that's associated with that game? Because I know there's games like, like Fortnite that um, it's, I guess from my understanding of, and you guys could elaborate more, 
it's free to start, but then you have to pay for add-ons and stuff. Is that the same way um, with Rocket League as well? Rocket League, Somewhat, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think Rocket League was ten dollars when it came out. I think it got bumped up to twenty. Um, but the pass is optional. You can get almost everything in the game besides, you know, a select few totally num- number of items. But different style of game, though. It is because something like Fortnite, a hundred players in a lobby, and so in Rocket League, it's three on three. It's more of a competitive nature. You're trying to win. Yep. Whereas in Fortnite, it's you versus 99 other people, basically. And a large part of that is, part of that is standing out from the crowd. So you're spending money to be an individual versus looking like everybody else. So is that addictive? Do people get their egos involved and really want to try to pay? Because I, I understand there's some kind of like skins and stuff of looking differently. But could you guys oh, elaborate totally. on that too? Yeah, so uh, for example... We haven't gotten to me yet, but I, I do a lot of this stuff. With Fortnite, I have a skin from the very first season that the game ever came out. And it's considered very rare because in order to get it, you had to reach the maximum level of the season pass in the first season. Interesting. So not a ton of people have it. It was a little ahead of the Fortnite popularity curve. Yeah. Um, so I wear that skin often. And when I kill people in the game... <laughs> Disclaimer. Uh, When I kill people in the game and I dance on their corpse, they have to look at that skin and know, like, yeah, this guy. OG. OG. You're you're dead because Because I'm better than you. Invested too much of his life into all of this. (laughs) That's That's exactly what it means. So are you an early early adapter with with that? It sounds like you were one of the first people in. I've been playing competitive esports games since 2007. Um, What game? I started with Halo. Okay. And, uh, and is that like the Xbox? Was it the Xbox 360 the to start? No, the original Xbox. Uh, so Halo. Where the original Dancing on Your Corpse came from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Halo 2 really exploded what we know now as esports. Halo 2 and, well, Star- StarCraft kind of. But in my world, Halo 2, which was on the Xbox. Um, I went to an event. God, I don't know the exact date, but uh, like maybe 2009 at the Meadowlands, the original Meadowlands. Uh, and played Halo 2 for money. In right? a huge stadium. Uh, in a huge stadium. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So I've been around this stuff for a long time, and I'm I'm trend away from where these guys are at. Uh, I, although I do enjoy single-player games, RPGs, things like that, I will spend 99.9% of my time gaming, playing competitive games, where my time invested makes me better than that guy on the other side of the... Interesting. And is there any games, and it sounds like you're a resident expert here, um, is there any games that you play right now more often or or actually competitively, you know, right now? Yeah, so I I play the biggest up-and-coming esports game on the scene called Overwatch. Uh, It's a team-based game, six-on-six, and it's it's really interesting because there's 30-plus characters involved, and the team compositions, you know, their sets dies versus your sets dies. It's like playing chess. So the speed of the game is more like checkers where boom, 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 things are happening. You have to stay on top of it. But the composition of your team and what those six players do because of the 30 plus characters, they all have individual skills. So not only do you have to keep track of every individual character and what skills they have, what that combination of skills looks like on the other team and then adjusting your team to match theirs or counter theirs that's where the chess aspect comes in. Okay. Uh, so I invest a lot of time in Overwatch. I play Call of Duty, which has the Call of Duty world lead. 
I'm not as intensely into that, but my my wife is. Her favorite game is Call of Duty. There you go. Yeah, that's right. True. So, um, those who know, play together spend, stay together. You know what I mean, folks? Come on. That's that's right. And the other day <laughs> when we were, when we were talking about this, you showed me an incredible uh, picture of your gaming setup. Could you explain a little bit to what that <laughs> looks like? Because I was I was blown away. I mean, we yeah. we work together uh, day in and day out, and I literally had no idea that Steve has this elaborate setup, like a whole room dedicated in your house to this, right? It's because yeah. you don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, no, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a yeah, folding I mean, chair with the original like it blue is. iMac, right? Yep. So in the room is a 12-inch uh, CRT TV with a folding <laughs> chair. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, we have, a, we have an entire room dedicated. So the entire, like one half of the room is like a giant desk. It's like a U shape, and we each have our own dedicated gaming setups. So that's you know a PS4, a PC, two monitors. You know one for the PS4, one for the PC. We have a shared computer in the middle, an iMac, right? So I'm the plug. Apple guy. <laughs> Go buy your iMac. Apple plug. Um, <laughs> and then on the other side of the room, we have a couch. We have uh, some shelves dedicated to like gaming memorabilia. Uh, my wife is a streamer, so she has a green screen. That comes out so that we can, you know, chroma key her into the games, uh, microphone setup, much to what you know we're sitting in front of right now. But yeah, an entire room in my house dedicated to competitive gaming. That's interesting. Awesome. And how did you like? What made you come about that? Did you just you just love gaming? I know you've been doing oh it since two thousand seven. Yeah. But I, so when I was uh, just a little kid, like my dad was just into that stuff. Like he bought all the systems that were coming out when I was getting older, I was always playing. He never took it easy on me. He used to literally beat me into the ground into whatever game we would play. Right. So I was never able to win. And that had lit this fire inside of me. So that like when I play games, I play to win. Oh, uh, here, I thought you're going to be some prodigy, like the movie, the wizard. You ever seen that movie? No, no. That's this prodigy dude who uh, played super Mario three. Found all the whistles before the game even ever came out. Fred Savage was in it. What? That's what I thought you were gonna say. You're no. just I saw that movie with the guy that plays Donkey Kong, and he like, or was it Donkey Kong? And he cheated. Nope. You guys hear about that? No, he like had the record for Donkey Kong for like his whole life, and then they found out he was like lying, and his buddy was like on the inside. It was a whole <laughs> thing. Awesome. Oh man, it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, but so for me, competitive gaming is a hundred percent about winning. Like I, of course, I have fun when I play, but I don't have fun unless I win. Sure. So that makes sense as I also play every sport you can imagine. So I, it's just, I'm very competitive by nature and competitive gaming just fits into that. Now, do you play the games for the money or do you play them? Cause you do, I you, did, you truly enjoy them or do you just find the one that you're the best at to play it? Not necessarily so, being so like, no. yes, I love this. That's a great, that's an awesome question because I know a lot of people who do right, and a lot of Twitch and streaming and we didn't really touch on that yet, but um, the media associated with competitive gaming is based around players who will migrate game to game, whatever's popular, mm -hmm. whatever has the highest prize pool, and they'll just, you know, focus all of their attention there. Right. Uh, definitely at a certain point in time, I was trending that way. You know, you go to college, your life changes a little bit. I've, I'm not as young, I'm not as good as some of these kids that can devote countless hours. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I have, a, like I said earlier, I have a wife and a whole life. So, um, I can't follow the money, but I, I just, you know, I, I know what I like FPS games. Okay. And can you explain what that is as well? First person shooters. Okay. You know, uh, which is Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty, oh, yeah. Overwatch. Um, 
But then again, I like my favorite game ever is called Destiny, mm-hmm. which is a combination mm-hmm. of Halo and an RPG style game that Brian likes. Yep. And uh, there isn't any competitive scene to that, kind of. Uh, but it's just a game that brings me a lot of fulfillment, and I f- I enjoy the story, and I enjoy it's a first person shooting game, so it, it com- combines those elements. Um, the PvP in that is what made me quit all <laughs> all uh, competitive uh, sports in any. I just before. that would be me stomping you into the ground <laughs> yeah. and then dancing <laughs> on your body. I just love the unique reasons that bring everybody to playing these games, and kind of kind of like you said with uh, first person shooters being your favorite, and you had touched on the fact that stories are your thing. It's just it's it's crazy to see players who will start playing a game like Overwatch because of one particular thing was my wife um wanted to play overwatch because she just liked the way the characters looked she they was like cool. oh they're interesting looking yeah. what are, what's this about oh yeah and she likes first person shooters and then the combination of the cute and fun characters and like you can see a character that you like um like for example for halloween she was dressed up as one of these characters and the one with it, the goggles. she just related to it no not tracer <laughs> Uh, but she related to that character just the way it looked. And then, like we talked about with Fortnite, all the characters then have skins that you can get for them. So you can customize them even further. And it's just, you know, somebody connects to games a different way than yeah. you do. And mm-hmm. it's so cool to see. And, and how many friends I've made through gaming, you know, because even if I focus on first-person shooters and Brian Light's RPGs, we instantly have a common ground to talk. Sure. 100%. But it seems there's like there's a really cool, and sorry to cut you off, Chris, it seems like there's a really cool um, camaraderie around gaming, almost like the other sports that we see, like all the mainstream kind sports. Of. Like, I love football. Football is number one. If you tell me that you like soccer, I got a problem with you. <laughs> like, off the bat. Like, I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. And I can't really talk to you about soccer the way that I can talk to a guy that likes football. But Great. I think games are, like, a little bit more universal than sports. Mm-hmm. And the gaming industry changes so much that... Yeah. The game that you like and the game that you like, you guys may like them for unique reasons, but three months from now, there's going to be a publisher that comes out with a game that is a combination of those two that's things. That's right. And soccer will always be boring. That will never change. Car <laughs> soccer is not boring. That's a uh, <laughs> great point. <laughs> interesting. So you just add cars to any sport and it becomes more interesting? I mean, maybe. A little, I guess. I mean, think about bit, that. Pretty much. Like, cars playing hockey or cars playing basketball. All things that have, that exist in Rocket League—it's totally cool. I mean, I, I, I think literally Rocket League is kind of garbage, personally. But hey, it's okay. My biggest game I play now is a combination of the first-person first-person shooter, the battle royale, and Minecraft, all smashed in the one game. And Rust, Rust, Rust. And I know people that played each of those individual types of games because of that's what they liked. And now there is a. And I never really got into any of those types of games. Minecraft. I Call love of Duty. Minecraft. But totally I outside the shell of what really I should really. like, but I love it. Yeah, now it's I like Legos I, for adults. I play Rust, and now I would go back and play some of those games like Minecraft and Call of Duty because, yeah. yeah. We just explain a little bit what Minecraft. So Minecraft is just a bunch of blocks essentially, yeah. right? And building <laughs> the things. easiest way to explain it is that it's Legos mm-hmm. in a video game. Yep. You can build anything your heart can imagine, right? And you can do it with your friends. There's exploration. You can dig into the ground, right? In the name Mine. You know, you find a mine and you go digging and at its core, you're just collecting materials. And then what you do with those materials, anything you want. You want to build a farm, go for it. You want to build a city, go for it. You want to build a castle, like fortress, 
go do for that it. as well. And is there any any competitive side of that or like any any kind of associated with that or is it more just um, kind of just building things and I'll be honest, I don't I don't look at it from that perspective. There might be cuz there's like some story aspects to it, but I don't think that it's a competitive game okay. per se. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I wanted to it's touch It's like who can relax more? That's the competition. Yeah. Cuz the music is so re- you just when you're playing Minecraft, you're just like chilling, you're relaxing and just enjoying being creative. It's also the, it's, right. it's nostalgic too. Even though it's a, a brand yeah. new yeah. game, it's all it, 8-bit block with 8-bit. the 8-bit everything, it just it takes you back to Yep, 100%. Sim- simpler times when the two to three year old yeah. days when you were going to Lego land and, and trying to <laughs> build the millennial Falcon stuff like that. Pretty much. Uh, that was yesterday. Yeah. There's pe- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, right. Uh, there are people who have dedicated like years and years and years to building replicas of their favorite fantasy worlds, like uh, middle earth from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. People have recreated different mushroom kingdom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mushroom yeah. kingdom. That's Mario. Right. Just making sure. And then could you could you share out those worlds as yes, well? Yes. Random people can join. Um, yeah. It, it's a game that brings people together for sure. Cool. Cool. And I wanted to touch a little bit further on uh, on some of the uh, the Twitch and some of the streaming things. I have a couple more statistics on that and wanted to ask about uh, some of your wife's involvement with, Let's hear it. with that as well. Yeah, reel it in, Tyler. Come on. We're talking about esports <laughs> here. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, 2016... I noticed that uh, the total audience esports was about 335 million, but it's in t- by 2021 it's going to be up to 557 million. Uh, platforms like Twitch uh, in 2019 are, have 4.6 million streamers each month, um, with over and some streamers have over 50,000 uh, subscriptions, and millions are even watching uh, some of these top esports athletes. And I, I read a statistic as well today that Ninja, one of the main streamers makes $500,000 a month playing video games. What am I doing here? <laughs> can I talk about, can I di- uh, dissect everything you just said? Yes, please. Okay. So from the jump, the 557 million number, there's a portion of that that are people that are actually playing these games. And then there's a portion of it that are not actually playing these games. And I think um, the number that is really pushing that up is the not playing. Right. So currently... I think the breakdown is like 300 million of that 500 are gamers and 200 are non-gamers. Okay. Well, currently it's 100, <clears throat> 100 million that are not gamers. So that's doubling. You know, this is clearly something that is generating interest. And then you talked about platforms like Twitch and Ninja and all that money, right? That money has to come from somewhere. And when you think about traditional sports, for example, baseball, where does most of the money come from? Advertisements. Well, media, media contracts, mm-hmm. right? Selling the rights to a station to broadcast the Phillies, for example, here in Edston. Not as great as the Red Sox, but still a better team overall for all you Bostoners up yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you oh, trying yeah. to score points? Go Eagles, 2017 Super Bowl champions, beat the Patriots 40, 41-33. Just had to throw that in there. Something, um, something, something. No, so Ninja making $500,000 a month. He's not making $500,000 a month playing video games. He has brand endorsements like the traditional athlete would. Monster presents. Yeah, well, Red Bull for Ninja, but okay. yes, exactly. Um, and to think that you can walk into a store and buy an athlete's jersey, and that's a thing, I have a jersey from the Philadelphia Overwatch team 
with a player's name on the back yeah. that I bought and they get revenue off of that. Sure. So there's like an entire area here untapped that is still growing, right? Because 11% of that billion dollars that you opened with is merchandising. So think about Ninja making $500,000 a month and how that relates to the overall number and to think that 11% of that overall number is merchandising. So realistically, when we looked at the numbers, like the media and the merchandising market hasn't even really been captured yet. And where do you think it's going to be going next from besides jerseys and stuff like that? Where, where else is there going to be more revenue streams coming in? Well, you already see companies like Toyota that are advertising during the Overwatch League championships. Yeah. Nice. And they're giving players these cars as prizes. And we see that in more traditional sports. You know, as people see numbers like you presented with the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl actually went down this year. It was down like 9 million viewers or something. Oh, sorry, that was me. Meanwhile, <laughs> right. Meanwhile, esports is 40-some million over that. It all takes is for a change in the guard. The old guard of media that says, we got to buy a Super Bowl ad for a million dollars, and this is what we have to say, and this is our target audience. Once they pick up on the fact that, you know, things are changing, then the money's going to follow. You're going to see more... Uh, networks like ESPN, NBC, ABC, this stuff is going to be more widely available because Twitch is, unfortunately, it's the first to, it got there first, right? Yeah. I, oh, you yeah. watch people on Twitch, Chris. I, I know do. that for mm-hmm. a fact. Just just because they were there first doesn't mean that they're going to grow to be the biggest. They don't have the capital that some of these other networks do. As soon as they decide it's their turn, they're just going to step in and bully, and then the big dollars are going to come out. So you think like the ESPNs, the ABCs will eventually overtake yeah, I mean, ESPN is involved 100%. a little bit. ESPN ate the Ocho, <laughs> <laughs> right? The dodgeball. Um, but uh, I think it'll get bigger. Interesting. Definitely. There's even arenas. I mean, I don't know how many there are. The one Philadelphia is the first one. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, so, Fusion Arena. It's going to be right next to um, our sports stadiums. It's going to seat uh, 10,000 people, I think. Yep. Nice. It's, good. It's, it's the first esports stadium built for that specific reason i know there yep. was one repurposed out in san jose yep was they play there now oracle Oracle, or something like that yeah and there's also one in las vegas as well it's dedicated to esports and e-gaming as well that's cool i can't wait to see my pokemon battles on, uh, <laughs> on a giant megaplex screen it's gonna be amazing With but let nine. me ask you guys another question and i know you mentioned that you're you were uh, a twitch viewer as well what makes it so exciting to observe these players is it because they're so good at what they do are they entertaining personalities like what drives you guys to actually be interested to watch when i first started watching people on twitch was for a very specific reason and that reason has changed drastically over time the first time i started watching people on twitch it's because i didn't want to pay for a game that i was afraid of not liking yeah or a game that somebody suggested i try love it so i would watch people play it I found myself watching them for hours, and eventually I would buy the game because I saw how much fun it was or how many people were watching them play it. Cheater. At this point now, I watch it because there's a community of people that I, I recognize now. There's a couple of streamers that play games that I now play that I've watched so many times that logging on every day just to say, hey, what's up, or see what's new in their life. There's a network of people now that I know out there because of it, and that's the main reason why I stream now. It's amazing yeah. that you say that. Because these game developers, publishers, are paying their streamers now to play their game. Oh, sure. It's free oh, advertising. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. Well, not. Yeah, yeah, so they'll be like, hey, listen, 
the game comes out this week, if you put in 40 hours, we'll pay you $1,000 per hour that you play with an average viewership of, you know, 1,200 concurrent viewers. So 1,200 people watching you minimum per hour will pay you $1,000. And, then, and they're like absolutely, and they even get like you know early access and all that kind of stuff too. Because I know yep. they're very much like you. That's that's why I watch it. It's quite frankly just because, unfortunately, I have a life that I can't dedicate to gaming, and I just can't get to everything that I want to play. So the ones I can't get to, I I will watch them because I still want to see it. I still want to be a part of it, but I don't want to wait seven years to play the game. So yeah, I watch them play it. Great example. We talked earlier about Destiny. Yep. Um, they they have like event like an event that comes out every couple of months called a raid, and everyone will stream like worlds first to yes. try and complete the raid. And at the beginning, I was a part of those races, and now, a little bit more of a traditional schedule, I can't on a Wednesday at one o'clock in the afternoon be off to do that. But what I can do is you know I can watch on Twitch and mm-hmm. keep up with what those guys are doing and stay feeling like I'm a part of it, even though I'm not actually yep. there. Yep. And, yes. I don't, and I don't have a giant uh, play group like he does, so things like that are important to me because sometimes I just, you know, well, this is me basically me saying I don't have any friends, but um, I can't get a team together well enough to complete those things sometimes, so I still want to see what happens and all that kind of stuff. So Yes, I spend my lunch break watching other people play video games. It's okay, though. Hey. Yes, it is because we're on a podcast. <laughs> are those people on a podcast? So no. you guys are heavily involved with this. Is there a specific demographic or, or a group of people that like to, to stream these kind of things? I noticed it looked like it was very common between like 18 and 24. I know people that are 70 that stream games, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it's just a video games, unlike most things, age doesn't really matter, right? As if you're a father, you can sit down with your son and you can play a game. If you're a grandfather, you can sit down with your grandson and play a game, right? Right. Different generations have grown up with video games. I think that line is blurring a little bit more. And while everyone plays it for their own different reasons, you know, the person that is a grandmother who plays casino games on her iPad that finds out that, oh, I can stream this and people can watch me and people find excitement in this. Maybe that's a community that they connect with that they now are introducing themselves to hundreds, if not thousands of new friends who are just interested in what they're doing. And there's no difference in that versus, you know, Chris watching someone who's playing Rust, you know, running around building forts and stealing items from other people and the people watching that again they're just connecting as a community around that game so i think because games cover such a wide gamut of activities that that can be done within them you know i I don't see there being any typical age group involved Mm -hmm. so and i I think with the technology and the popularity of it anymore it's just it's it's just you, you don't you don't generally think or see like oh hey here comes old man river you know streaming something but it didn't have it that long ago, you know. So now it's way different. They didn't have a yeah. stream Atari back in the day, or or anything like that. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know people of all age groups that stream. I, I will say, through the years of watching Twitch and and other uh, streaming platforms, I would say that most of the people I watch probably fall into that age group. Um, I can't necessarily say for sure why, but maybe it's a social thing. But or just the games that we clue in on too. Yeah. Like if we're True. gonna watch games that are a certain complexity or something like that, you're definitely going to get 
certain age groups involved. What do you guys think it's going to be now? We, we've had so much development over the last couple of years being consumers and, and gamers yourself. Where do you think it's going to be, look like in 10 years? Say we, we're in 2030. What does the e-sports e and e-gaming look like? I think VR. we're going to get uh, Nick Arcade back, which I'm pretty stoked about. That should be. What is that? Nick, you don't know Nick Arcade from Nickelodeon? Nick Arcade was one of the original Come like on, man. VR kind of. I'm under the age of 30. Um, does that matter you to are? this equation? So, so in a nutshell, Nick Arcade was a game where two teams, I believe, two yeah. pairs of players, kids, would compete on Nickelodeon. And they would answer questions. And it was a double dare. It was similar to double similar, dare. Yeah. But instead of a physical challenge, they would you got the pick of a games. line full of pre-selected arcade games. And they changed from episode to episode. And there would be a, an expert score to beat. And in some of the games, it would be, you know, beat world one. This super, sounds amazing. Zone super number two ghost. in a minute and a half. Yep. And if you did it, you got points. Oh, this sounds amazing. Come on, man. Now, this, this is eSports. At the end of the game, <laughs> whatever team that won got to go into the into the game and there was it was i don't know how they did it but these players would basically go into this door the door would open smoke would pour out they'd disappear and the door would close behind them and they would never seen again oh, <laughs> awful awful green screen then graphics. up on the screen they were in the video game and they would interact with things in the game to try to beat the course yeah it was, oh, this sounds it was amazing yeah. and do you, how do, you, this do they know go away i don't know i have no awful, idea awful things but that's yeah. what i'm saying Tyler's question, where is this going? Hopefully we get that back. All right, now answer for real because I don't know. No, I think we touched on this earlier. We talked about like the growth potential. I think in 2030, is that the, is that the year? I think we're going to see major media yeah. being heavily involved way beyond what it is now. And if you can make money from it, people will figure out a way to grow it. Yeah, I did read uh, the uh, Olympic Committee is looking to add it into, I think, like 2024s. Pretty awesome. Um Olympic Games. Is there specific games? games that they would want to play? or is, I mean, I know it's completely... Yeah. What I'm, do you guys think would be a Olympic-level game? I think you have to have a good jam it. Like Probably the top R 10. RTS yeah. games, real-time strategy yeah. games. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, RTS and sports games is probably where they would start. You think Little, sports uh, games? No, I think probably like Smash Brothers and Street Fighter. Yeah, like games. fighting games, yeah. real-time strategy games, uh, first-person shooters. Yeah. Dexterity. So you think a couple couple games from uh, the most popular games in each of the major categories, you uh, think? I think that they'll do their due diligence and figure it out, but you definitely want games that have uh, that challenge you in dexterity, hand-eye coordination, some that are, you know, about thinking on your feet. Pokemon battles. Real-time strategy. You love Pokemon. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know, a game that pits you against another player in a game of wits, essentially, that's that's fun to watch when when you can strategically make decisions and adapt to what's going on on the other oh, side absolutely. of the game mm -hmm. and then beat somebody based on your ability to adapt or something so satisfying about that in gaming you're talking my language and that's what it's all about right there seeing somebody make a move because they think that you're gonna do something they anticipate your next move and you can pick up on it just like in chess, like your chess uh, analogy before. Yeah. And you can pick up on that and make a move. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's so satisfying. So yeah. getting good with the strategy, does that uh, does that take a lot of practice? Is that how you get good at it? Or And I also wanted to ask as well, what kind of practice and like team cohesion and stuff goes into these kind of things? Is there big practice sessions and stuff for these big events? Yeah, I, I've played on teams where five days a week, you're playing five hours a day, right? Where now, do you find the time it's for a lot that? of gaming. Well, you're in high school. Uh, right now you know is I mean? your is your Overwatch remember, team? Because remember, I'm I'm young. I mean, I was yeah. playing this stuff in 2007, a whippersnapper in high school. Um, you come home from school, 
you in a perfect world do your homework <laughs> and then you would jump on the game and play until you fell asleep so you just jumped on the game yeah 100 percent. and not, um, not like physically on it you don't want to break it. no i know okay yeah no. no homework i'm saying just right into the game oh i think i'm actually i think i'm contractually yes. obligated to say that i did homework your mother is watching yeah, i never i never work, did so. any homework you, you got past, you got past it though so we're i mean here we're, I we're here to speak about it here i am mom so proud of me uh no i'm just joking uh but yeah you would pay you would play hours upon hours and what you would do is you would find other teams to scrimmage just like a, a sports team you practice um with other teams you know in football we would practice for four days and then on the fifth day we would scrimmage another team so we would see if what we practiced worked in video games you might talk because you can't really practice against nothing and you don't want to practice against noobs because that doesn't help you either. Right. I mean, what is it? What's a noob? You. You. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we're on the same all page. Right, all right. The real definition. Uh, somebody who is new to the game, a newbie. They're I think a, a newbie new is player. the yeah. New, yes. Newbie is the original terminology. Yeah. Noob for short. Yeah. Someone who knows nothing. <laughs> I'm just joking. But they Snow. they're the guy that's standing in the corner looking at their feet when they're supposed to be pointing their gun towards you. And they don't know what they're doing. And uh, they don't have enough coordination to move their left thumb in conjunction with their right thumb. And meanwhile, you're shooting them in the face and then dancing on their body, like we said earlier. (laughs) So that doesn't provide you any enhanced um, practice. So you have to scrimmage against other teams who you may think are better than you. And specifically, I might say, all right, guys, we're really bad at defending this point that we have to defend. So we should find another team that's really good at capturing this point and force ourselves to play them over and over again. There you go. Right? That's how we're going to get better. So it sounds like a lot of strategy and teamwork. What other skills do you guys think you've acquired from gaming, like real-life practical skills? Communication. For sure. Communication. Absolutely. Teamwork. I mean, you learn teamwork in school. You learn teamwork playing sports growing up. You learn teamwork in the, you know, in the workplace as an adult. But when playing games, you have to learn teamwork with complete strangers that you can't see face-to-face. And I feel like that's... There's a whole different mentality when it comes to that because when you're working with a team, there's trust involved. But when you don't know the person, you can't see the person, you don't know anything about the person, makes it a lot harder to build trust. Such and, a great point. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Chris and I were playing recently, and he introduced me to his friend who lives California. California, yeah. Yeah, and it's you just meet people from all over the world. And to his point, uh, I have friends that I've had for years upon years, who I know everything about. I've never met them never in person. Seen them. Yeah. But I've talked to them so much, and we've gone through so many games together, and they know like all about my life. You know, They were invited to my wedding, even though I knew that they couldn't make it. It was like, that's how important these people become to you, because really you create cool. meaningful friendships. Yeah. That's really cool. And have you ever met these people from like uh, across the country or something, like meeting them up in, re- in, in person? Yeah, people that... Uh, I've played with in the country. Yes, I've met people that I played with outside the country. I have never had the chance to run into. That is so cool. I think it's think it's so cool that you could kind of, even though if you don't have, you know, like you mentioned, like not having friends or whatever, which is not the case. But Did he just bring that back to you. I not know, having right? Friends. Well, he, Thanks, he, Tyler. No, he, he referenced uh, it before. Let's I'm just. Go, uh, I'm gonna go cry in the corner like he's, a noob. Right now, he, he might not be able to play the games, but he's dancing on your corpse at this point. Yeah, moment. right. I'm good lord. No, but what I'm saying is that you could find people across the country in build relationships like they're in your living room oh, with yeah. you. 
I am actually currently looking to work with one of the people that I play games with professionally. That's right. He uh, turns out he runs uh, part of an IT team. And I told him I happen to know this company that sells Who technology. Sells IT stuff. And uh, solve IT problems. Yeah. And it, even though it started off as a, as a friendship. We solve IT, yeah. guys. Trademark. Even though it started off as a gaming friendship, we started talking about our personal lives and what we do for work and, you know, what keeps us from playing video games 40 hours a week. And we found out that we were basically I love that. in the same industry and he's looking for people to sell him technology. And I happen to be a person that sells technology. As it turns out. <laughs> wow. So that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. Now you guys got me super interested in trying to uh, get into this esports world. What do I do? How, what do I need to buy to get involved with this? And, and really, you know, what could I start doing to really get immersed in this, this field? This is where things get interesting. Yeah, yeah. Does, yeah, this does, is does, where your, does your Chris wife play, play video games? No, she doesn't. Well, then probably get divorced would be the first <laughs> thing I'd say. No, I'm kidding. Or I'm find kidding. another one that I, does. I will say, and this is my opinion, don't waste your money on a console, buy a computer, Ouch. download Steam, Nope. and let's do it. Nope. And Chris is a, Chris is a PC not. gamer, but Steve, what do you have to say about gamer. that? I, I disagree. Uh, Me too. I, and I'll tell you what, I, this is why I disagree. No disrespect to Chris, because I do both. I do PC gaming and console gaming. Um, the difference is PCs that are built for gaming require a little bit more effort and involvement for the person who's just getting involved, like yourself, right? Whereas a console, you can just purchase and plug in, and then away you go. So That's a fair point. As a total noob, Tyler. Christ. Um you would probably do better in the console gaming world because you can just purchase a console, plug it in, pick out a Pokemon. game, and get going. Whereas in the PC gaming world, there's an element that exists of plug and play, but you're spending significantly more money and more time to learn the ins and outs of, of that. And Chris that's, will say it's more fulfilling, which point. it probably is, right? So let's be fair. Sure. To tune your PC to get every drop out of out of, of performance out of that game so it's like having a car but being able to soup it up and sure. change components sure. and stuff yeah like that. definitely and like you can buy a honda civic which is like a playstation and it'll get you from point a to point b it probably will never break down and it'll be great or you could buy a honda civic and swap out the engine and you know, put in aftermarket parts and it'll do a little bit more for and you. racing tires and all yeah, that and good all, stuff. Sweet, all that good stuff. Spoiler. And then you can play Rocket League in it. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Well, I know when I built, I, I built a couple of gaming computers. The last one I built, I took a different approach and I sacrificed some of the, uh, some of the performance uh, in, in certain ways to accommodate basically the games I was going to be playing. Before it was like, let me build a huge, powerful PC and then let me find some games that look really sweet on it. This time around it was here are the games I want to play at peak performance. Let's build a system around that. But think about the person that's never played before. Right. You're yeah. already intimidating them. Exactly. They're like gonna, Tyler's cowering in his chair right now. You guys just can't they're gonna it. buy a switch and play Super Smash Brothers. That's what you're gonna do. And though I kinda trashed console gaming at first, I did spend years playing yep. PlayStation and Nintendo and I didn't actually start PC gaming until about 2007, 2008, in which I had never played a computer game besides Roller Coaster Tycoon. So but I would definitely give it to you that, like you said, building the right PC for what you're trying to play is very fulfilling. Oh, yeah. Knowing that you put it together yourself, and when it actually works, you're like, yeah. oh, absolutely, this is great. When you don't get glitch out and get sawed in half <laughs> by your competition, it's like, all right. 
and the level of competition on PC is much higher. So as somebody who values competition, um, if I was 17-year-old me, I would be on a PC right now, right. not a console. And I think one of the biggest downsides to playing on, on PC, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you're definitely more, how do I put this? It, it, pe- people cheat playing video games. Just like they cheat playing any mm-hmm. sports. Yep. On a PC, it's a lot easier. Aimbot. Aimbot, the download. Uh, Automatically aims the weapon to your head for a headshot. Nice. And you yep. can't miss. It, it uses a computer program that runs in the background that alters the actual play of the game and it caters it's yeah, cheating it's cheating it's like it's, using odd job on goldeneye it's almost impossible to do from what Another i know some awesome reference on console games it, it, it's hard to do things like that but on a pc if you know what you're doing it's it's simple now games have a lot of anti-cheat, anti-cheat things yeah. in place to prevent is, that i was gonna ask is there regulations on like esports and stuff like you need to use certain equipment oh, yeah, or absolutely. do they um so even in the console world, so there's a lot of console games are on the main stage where you're playing in front of a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, there's special controllers that you can buy where you can map buttons much like you can to a, uh, a keyboard. And a lot of them are not tournament legal uh, in the same way that certain peripherals that you can buy for your PC are not tournament legal. Yeah. It's, it's like Antonio Brown being forced to wear the helmet the NFL wanted him to wear versus the one he wanted to wear. Yep. Same That's thing with the controller. Great example. Interesting. So did, did they, like if you went to an eSports event, did they give you a, con- a controller that you have to use? No, uh, they give you a list ahead of time of peripherals that are banned and peripherals that are not. And when you come, you check into the event. You have to check in your equipment. And, yeah, they they keep track of that. Now, generally, they provide the hardware, the computer itself. So there cannot be anything downloaded on it. Okay. uh, Malicious. So they'll know ahead of time. But, uh, you know, imagine practicing 5,000 hours with your mouse, and then you show up, and they tell you to use a different mouse. Right. It it wouldn't work. I can't can't even use a keyboard that someone else gives me. Yeah. yeah. I've gone to friends' houses and sat down at their computer or picked up their gaming controller and felt like I was a noob. You're a different yeah. world. Do you ever go to someone's house and their like second controller is like total garbage? Oh, so I'm like, uh, oh, here you go, player two. They're not. They're I'm not going to uh, give you the good one though. Yeah, of course not. I'm in uh, invert. I'll still beat you though. Uh, invert Y axis guy on my console. Oh so my that drives you want every one of them. <laughs> yeah, which is basically uh, like an airplane. You go up, you put up to go down. You go down to go up. When okay. I want to embarrass people, uh, I will turn on invert access. <laughs> Axis. Axis. Sorry, I can't say the X. Um, <laughs> and I will still beat them just to really make them feel bad. Yeah. Most most people don't play that way anymore. But like if you came over, Tyler, and you're like, oh, right, man, show, me, I'll, I'll show me how to play these games. Play I'd be like, all right, I'll play with my feet. And I'm getting the, definitely getting the inverse axis there. No, no, no. I'm getting oh. the inverse axis. You can play normal. I'm still going to beat you. Okay. And I'm still yeah. going to dance on your body. <laughs> when you're done. Yeah. I, 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 I By think the way, f- the points don't count if you don't dance on their body. Is yeah, what he's basically I'll, I'll take a note I of that. I want yeah. you to feel as bad about it as you possibly can when you die to the guy who's using the upside-down controller. <laughs> I, I think when somebody picks up a controller who hasn't gamed before, the brain naturally wants to associate down with down and up with up. So when you pick up a controller and it's inverted and you don't know how to play the game, it, you literally don't know what to do. Yeah, you're crazy. It's fun. To finish up final points here, what other tips and advice would you guys um, give to somebody who's who's just trying to get started or, or just in gaming in general? Honestly, have fun. Don't. 100%. Yeah. I started playing and watching games based on what other people told me I should be watching. 
and it took me forever to get into it because eventually I decided to look at games that, that were fun for me, and that's when it really opened up you know, my Chal- eyes to everything. Challenge your views of what video games really are. There it you is. You can come home from work like and sit in front of the TV and watch television, right? right watch you can totally enjoy that. A whole and season of Netflix. Exactly, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you find enjoyment out of that. But the person who does the same thing and spends the same amount of time playing video games, their brain is engaged, they're working on their hand-eye coordination. Problem solving. Problem solving. There's a lot more going on in the moment that I think keeps you sharp, nimble. Um, you're engaged socially with other people mm-hmm. for the most part. Some of us not, but again, it's better. Because I don't have any friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's better to be actively engaged, even alone, than it is to just waste away on the couch watching TV. When you're getting into it, know that you're not wasting your time. You're just finding social interaction in a different way for the most part. Great. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, to, to learn more about eSports, it sounds like uh, reach out to Steve. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.